Okay, so now that we've talked about some of the types of anger, now that we've talked about some of the physiological effects of anger, we've talked about the Hulk imitating art, imitating life, imitating art thing, uh, I want to talk about root causes and conditions. Where does where does the brokenness happen in us where anger becomes a anger becomes a, a coping mechanism where unhealthy anger becomes a coping mechanism or a defense mechanism where do we start using where do we where do we learn to start using anger to control situations or to feel empowered or to express ourselves or become destructive in relationships or self-sabotaging. I know that I've had anger be self-sabotaging in my own life. So as I was researching this and as I was looking into this more and more, I was thrilled to find some of my own root causes and conditions, which I had forgotten about. So one of the first causes, root causes of anger is dysfunctional childhood programming. Um, I talked a little bit about that, so I'm not going to delve too much into that. I, I'm sure that my family loves hearing me talk about my childhood. I'm sure everybody gets a little defensive. Nobody wants to think that they played a part or that I had it worse than anyone else. I'm certainly not trying to portray that I had it worse than anyone else. I have said in many of my podcasts and many topics that I am not a victim. I don't we don't co-sign anyone playing the victim. We all have experiences. We all have trauma. We all have broken coping mechanisms. I'm about solution. I'm about sharing the solutions that I have discovered. So even though I talk about what things are, how they come about, how they relate in my life, that's the message isn't, I went through awful shit. The message is, this is how I don't let that awful shit affect me today. And that's what I want to convey to you. I want you to have tools and I want you to have access to tools and insight so that you don't have to let your trauma from your past or from past relationships control your future experiences, right? Like I'm so about that. I'm so about not letting my future experiences be controlled by my past ones. How are you? I want to have the best human experience possible. I want everyone that I know to have the best human experience possible. So how can we do that if we are trapped in patterns and cycles from our past that we refuse to look at or refuse to do anything about? It's time to start taking responsibility for changing that shit and finding out why you're broken and finding out why your explosive temper is destroying relationships, why you keep breaking cell phones, and why you can't have nice things. Let's do something about it, right? So dysfunctional childhood programming. This is being raised in an environment or with people who have unhealthy emotional coping mechanisms and who don't know how to communicate or express emotions healthily or in a healthy way. Number two, childhood emotional invalidation. Being told that your emotions don't matter. Having your emotions minimized. When you're hurt or afraid, having it be dismissed. Oh, you'll be okay. I come from Generation X, where it's suck it up, buttercup, like you fell down and skinned your knee. Get over it. Don't cry. Don't whine about it. If you don't get your way, don't cry. Don't whine about it. I wish I could tell you that I wasn't a spoiled, rotten kid. I was. I was definitely spoiled, rotten. And I threw fits, and I got my way. And 
you know, I wish I could tell you that I wish it wasn't the case and that I wish that that didn't happen. But everything that happened in my life brought me to right now. So I don't have any regrets. I think that my parents did the best that they could. My mom, I love her dearly. You're a saint. Uh, anyone who knows my mother would agree. I put this woman through hell and back, and she has stood by me and is still one of my biggest fans and one of my biggest supporters. So uh, I'm grateful that I have that relationship in my life. Childhood emotional invalidation. If you feel like you struggled with having your emotions validated as a child, this could be one of the root causes of your anger problem. It could be why you get so angry when your feelings get hurt. I am super hypersensitive. I'm super easygoing 99% of the time. But when I feel like somebody has not taken my feelings into consideration or someone hurts my feelings, sometimes my knee-jerk reaction is to become explosively angry to protect myself because my feelings feel big to me. We're going to get into how to work on anger. We're going to move on with the root causes. Another root cause of anger is low self-esteem. This is something that I talked about in the uh, Emotionally Unavailable Relationships podcast. Low self-esteem is hugely, hugely impactful on lots of people in, in life today. I have tons of friends who struggle with low self-esteem, and I wish that I could just fill them up. I wish that I could just get a pitcher of self-esteem out of my fridge and fill them up, but that's not how it works. In order to build self-esteem, you have to do esteemable acts. You have to do things that make you feel good about yourself. Generally, for me, something that's esteemable is something that has nothing to do with me. Doing things for other people makes me feel good about myself. Doing this podcast makes me feel good about myself because I feel like I'm giving back. I feel like my awful experiences and my good experiences are useful to other people. Investing your time and energy in being productive, being crafty. I know lots of my friends who are super, super crafty and super talented and they don't believe in themselves enough to share it with the world. I, I have friends who sew and crochet and build things with crafts that could make a living. They could literally support themselves with their talents, but they just don't believe in themselves enough to, to share it with the world or to spend or invest their time and energy into doing that. And if they would just take a risk and believe in themselves, I wish that I could believe in them enough to make it happen. For me, it took me learning to love myself and learning to take care of myself and learning to grow in a positive way and building self-esteem. My anger has gotten so much better because I've worked on my self-esteem. I don't feel so bad about myself. I'm not angry at the world because I feel bad about myself. I'm not blaming the world because I feel bad about myself. If you're doing things that make you feel bad, stop it. It was the most profound thing in the world when my sponsor, a dear friend of mine, I was sharing with him something that I was doing and it was making me feel bad. And he said, well, maybe you should stop doing that. It was so profound to me that I had never thought, oh, this makes me feel guilty or ashamed. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Because in the moment when I was doing it, it was giving me instant gratification. It was making me feel good temporarily. And then I would feel bad afterwards. It was so profound to hear another man say, well, maybe you shouldn't do things that make you feel bad. If you're doing things that make you feel bad, stop it. Start figuring out what makes you feel good. Eat better. Get physical exercise. Get a hobby that isn't for anyone else. It's just for you. 
Spend time doing something that's just for you. Take yourself out to eat. Take yourself to a movie. Make something and share it. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. Share it with people. Look at what I did with my talents. It will make you feel good. Strong beliefs challenged by outsiders. So something that sets people off or another root cause of anger is, let's talk about religion. You want to see a Christian person lose their cool? Challenge their beliefs. You want to see a, a, an atheist lose their cool? Challenge their beliefs. You know, I could probably I could probably infuriate people by talking about things that I have no business talking about, that I have no experience talking about, and have done no research on. That they are a that they have a credit to, right? Like if I got on here and started talking about nuclear physics and I had no idea what I was talking about, I would probably enrage a nuclear physicist because I didn't know what I was talking about. So another another trigger or root cause of anger is challenging somebody's beliefs and not being a part of their circle or part of their community. Betrayal is another huge root cause of anger. When we are betrayed or feel betrayed by a loved one especially, people, you know, trust gets broken and we get angry because trust gets broken. Uh, again, it's a powerlessness thing, right? Like, if I have a good friend of mine, if I hear that a good friend of mine is talking bad about me and I feel betrayed, it's going to make me angry. If I have a coworker at work who I believe is my friend or has my back and I find out that they threw me under the bus for something or blamed me for something, I had this happen recently where a coworker was guilty of doing something at work and when a customer complained about it, he blamed me to other members of management. It infuriated me. I was able to vent about it. I was able to process it and move on. But in the moment, it made me furious. I felt betrayed. And I can remember going back to early childhood and feeling betrayed. Feeling betrayed in friendships. Feeling betrayed by my father. Somebody who was supposed to love me and show me care and affection and support me and, and encourage me broke me down and was mean to me and verbally abusive and mentally abusive and physically abusive. So, of course, there was betrayal there. If you can think back in your life to the times that you've been betrayed, these are things that become triggers because we remember things in our lives and when a situation feels familiar, our our anger, our amygdala can be triggered without our knowing, without without my permission or consent. My amygdala can be triggered by a reoccurring feeling of betrayal because I can sense that I'm about to be betrayed because I've been betrayed before in a similar way. This is a root cause of anger and people don't even realize that it's something that stems back to past relationships, past jobs. If we can focus on it and identify it, we can recognize that we need to have better relationships with people. We need to have, be more transparent with people. And we need to be more careful about who we give access to or who we allow access to us, right? It all comes back to that accountability. I talked about that in the Emotionally Unavailable Relationships podcast. It's being accountable to who we allow access to us. 
Lack of power is another root cause of anger. Feeling powerless, feeling like I have no control over a situation will make me angry. When I got cancer, I was angry. Thank God for, for recovery and the, and the recovery program and sponsorship and friends and a spiritual connection and the tools that I was given in recovery. I was able to process that anger. I was able to identify where that anger was coming from. But it really came back to being powerless over a situation. Being powerless over a situation still makes me angry. But I can identify that that's why and it makes it easier to accept the situation and let go of the anger. So, yeah, things happen that are out of our control that we're not okay with. And it's okay to get angry. It is. We, we have to allow ourselves grace to become angry. It's the only way that we're going to learn to deal with that emotion and put let it go. Emotions are meant to be temporary. They're meant to be felt to serve a purpose and then we move on so that we can feel a different emotion for the next occurrence. Obviously, fear is a, is a root cause. We can have deep-seated fears that stem back to early childhood or come from past traumas, things that happened to us in our teen years or our early childhood. And when similar situations arise or a situation feels similar to those circumstances or situations, we can become triggered. And we can become angry and explosively angry and it look like it's for no reason to everyone else outside of us. We have to learn to identify what our triggers are. It's not anyone else's responsibility to be aware of my triggers. It's not anyone else's responsibility to be careful of my triggers. It's my responsibility to know what my triggers are and to be aware of them so that when they pop up, I can say, okay, hold on. That's not what this is. I need to take a deep breath. I need to walk away from this situation for a minute and realize that I'm not in that situation and those circumstances are not real. It's a perceived threat. This is kind of ties into lack of power, but a desire for control. A desire for control of a situation can lead or be a root cause of anger. If I learned that by being intimidating and by being scary, I can be in control of a situation because other people will relinquish control or submit, anger can be useful to me as a broken coping mechanism. It can be useful to me as a broken survival skill. And I shared about that when I was lost in my addiction and out there dealing with the shady element that comes with drugs and alcohol and the, that lifestyle, I had a desire for control or to feel in control of situations. And I was able to do that with intimidation. And I was able to be intimidating by the physiological effects that came from being triggered by anger. It's so crazy to me that such a powerful emotion can be so controllable and so uncontrollable and so necessary at the same time as being destructive. Anger really is like, it really is a, an oxymoron all in itself because it's really for our protection, but it becomes so destructive in our lives. Anger was so destructive in my life, in relationships, in physical property. I've destroyed physical property. I've destroyed long, long-lasting friendships. I've destroyed jobs. I mean, I've, I've destroyed relationships that I can never mend because of anger and things that I said and did out of anger. It is such a, it is such a destructive force 
and such a necessity at the same time, it's imperative that we learn how to control it. And that's what we're going to talk about next. We're going to talk about tips in anger management. And I'm going to do my best to stay focused and to stay on point with it. Okay, so we're going to talk about some tips to help control anger and help resolve anger problems. Number one, and probably the most helpful and the most immediate, the, 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 the most important tip that I can give you that will give you the most immediate effect is the ability to walk away. And this is so important. This is so important for the person experiencing the anger, and this is equally important for the people who are dealing with somebody who has anger problems. If you have somebody in your life who is struggling with anger, you have to allow them to walk away. You have to allow them the ability to remove themselves from the situation, from the perceived threat, from the perceived harm. If you are the one dealing with anger or struggling with anger, you have to take responsibility for removing yourself from the situation. And and, and it's hard, right? Because we want to fix whatever it is. I, I have this undying need to solve whatever the problem is. So if a communication breaks down, I'm specifically speaking to like relationships. When you have a relationship with somebody who struggles with anger, you may want to fix it. You may want to take away their anger. You may want to understand why they're angry. You may want to hurt them back because they hurt you because they're angry. There's lots of reasons to stay engaged in a confrontation or to stay engaged in an explosive situation. I know for me, when I get upset, I want to fix it. I want the person to understand why I'm upset. I want them, I, I have this undying need to be understood. And I feel like if you could just hear me and if you could just listen, then you'll understand why I'm so upset. And the problem is, is in the moment, once those physiological effects kick in, my ability to reason, my ability to have a healthy, transparent conversation about emotion ceases to exist. Because the physiological effects of anger cause you to want to destroy or eliminate the perceived threat. That is the purpose of anger. So you have to remove yourself from the threat. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a, a misunderstanding or a disagreement with a significant other and I've walked away and I have said, I have to walk away. Or, I, 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 my, my last girlfriend, I love her to pieces. God bless her. We learned so much from each other. It used to hurt her feelings because she would feel abandoned when I would walk away. She would feel like I was giving up on her or the relationship when I would walk away. And I had to break it down to her several times I'm protecting you from me. When I walk away, I'm not quitting on you. I'm not giving up. I'm trying to save you from the destructive force of my temper. I'm trying to save you from the hurt things that are the hurtful things that are going to come out of my mouth that I don't mean because I'm angry. I'm trying to save you from seeing me break things or throw things. I'm trying to save our relationship by walking away. And once we had that understanding and that transparency and I was able to be vulnerable and honest about that and she was able to accept the fact when things would get escalated or heated, I could just say, you know what, we should probably shouldn't talk about this right now. I should probably walk away. 
And she was able to recognize that that was me exercising self-control and being able to remove myself before the escalation, before the physiological effects took place, before the rage happened. So it's super important. Another important factor of the walking away is to not be ashamed of it. You're not running away. That was something that I struggled with is that people were going to think that I was running away or that I was afraid, right? Especially in a situation with another man. Let my pride and ego get involved. Let me get into a confrontation with another man where I say, you know what, I'm just going to walk away. Or I put my hand up and I turn around and don't say anything and I walk away. My pride and ego want to mess with me. Well, they're going to think I'm a coward. They're going to think I'm afraid. And then I get angry about that, right? The perceived weakness. I'm going to be perceived as weak because I'm walking away. And that's bullshit. Sometimes doing the right thing doesn't feel good. Doing the right thing is walking away and not being explosive and not putting my hands on someone else and not letting it escalate to a physical altercation. Again, I look at it as I'm protecting that person from me. So walking away is huge. Let the person in your life that's struggling with anger walk away. Encourage them to walk away. Maybe we should take a break. Maybe we should take a break from talking about this. This can be useful at work. Things get escalated at work. Let's take a break from talking about this. Let's let's take a take a five minute, ten minute break and revisit this once people have cooled down or calmed down. Um, people who know me know that I struggle with anger and some people like to see me get angry because it's amusing, amusing because I'm so self-aware uh, I hate it I hate losing my temper I hate showing out I hate saying hurtful things and being volatile and venomous uh, it's just not who I am anymore and there's no place for it in a, in a sober productive life but old habits die hard and old broken coping mechanisms die hard okay anyway I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent again Breathing. Breathing is another huge tool to calming down. You can literally slow down your nervous system and calm your nervous system by breathing. Taking slow, deep breaths. Breathing deep and slow intentionally can cause, literally cause your body to calm down. You can literally raise your serotonin levels and decrease your dopamine levels and adrenaline can subside your blood pressure can level off i'm going to go off on a tangent and i'm going to drop some science on you guys so i smoked for a long time i smoked cigarettes for a long time and it was one of the hardest things i've ever had to quit and and i haven't smoked in over a year now and before that it was almost a year um and before that it was almost a year i've 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 had triggers, I've had relapses, I had quit smoking for almost a year when I got diagnosed with cancer and started smoking again because of the stress of, of being diagnosed with cancer, which is not uncommon, by the way. Uh, my oncologist told me that that happens frequently when non-smokers get cancer, they start smoking again. Um, it was actually prescribed by my doctor to not try to quit during the treatment of cancer because the stress on your body could be too much. Anyway, all of that is relevant. What is relevant is if you ask any smoker today, right now, if you have a smoker in your life and you go to them and you say, does smoking relax you? They will say yes. They will tell you that smoking calms them down, which is physically an impossibility because nicotine and tobacco is a stimulant. 
It's literally a chemical that causes your heart rate to increase. It, it causes alertness in your brain activity. It is literally a drug that stimulates your mind and your body to operate faster. So it's impossible that nicotine and smoking calms you down. However, when I quit smoking, one of the things that I practiced was breathing. And what does a smoker do when they're stressed out at work or they feel like they're going to snap? They walk outside and they take giant deep breaths. In the course of smoking a cigarette, you will take 15 to 20 long, slow, deep breaths intentionally, which will physically slow down your heart rate. It will lower your blood pressure and it will feel like it's calming you down. It will literally physically calm down your nervous system, despite the fact that you've consumed a stimulant, a drug that is a stimulant. So one of the things that I practiced when I quit smoking was taking these long, deep breaths. I started chewing gum regularly. I cut down on the amount of nicotine that I was consuming, but I would take breaks. I would still go outside and I would get some fresh air and I would take 15 to 20 slow, deep breaths. And it calmed me down, especially when I felt like I was going to die if I didn't smoke a cigarette. Nicotine is awful. It is the most addictive substance I've ever had to deal with in my life. And it was one of the hardest things that I ever had to quit. And without practical application of physical breathing exercises, having a spiritual connection, having accountability to other people in my life that I talked to and checked in with and talked about how much I was smoking, there were lots of things that came with not smoking and quitting smoking. And I've tried to help other people quit smoking. But it has to come from you. You have to be accountable. You have to do the work. And you have to put forth the effort. The desire has to come within, from within you. The same thing is, is, can be said about anger and practicing anger management and practicing self-control with anger. So just as important as removing yourself from a perceived threat or fear or injury, you can calm yourself down by breathing. So number one, walk away. Number two, practice your breathing. Be very intentional. Take very slow, deep breaths. Understand that breathing can calm you down. Remove yourself from a situation. Take some slow, deep breaths, which brings us to number three, to understand, right? Understand that anger is a secondary emotion. Understand that if you're angry, that you're angry because you're either hurt or you're afraid. Be willing to look at that. Allow yourself grace. Once you've calmed down, once you've removed yourself from the threat and you've had some, some time to calm down, think about what you're afraid of. Think about what, what you, what's hurt you. Is it your pocketbook that's been harmed? Are you afraid of, of losing money? Are you afraid of not getting a promotion? Um, are you afraid somebody's infiltrating on your relationship? Are you afraid your partner is stepping out on your relationship? Has somebody said something to hurt your feelings? Has somebody said or done something to make you look bad? Is it your pride or your ego that's been harmed? Right? Like, understand that anger can come from a thousand different places. 
but it all stems from being hurt or afraid. So you have to be willing to accept and understand that anger is secondary and what it really came from was a hurt or a fear. If you can identify the hurt or the fear, then you can accept the fact that you were afraid or that you were, or you were hurt. Then you can say, I'm sorry that I got angry. I was afraid this was going to happen. I'm sorry that I got angry. It hurt my feelings when. This level of vulnerability and transparency is so important if you want to change, if you want to do something about it. By all means, if you don't care about your anger problem and you don't care that you're destroying relationships and you can't manage to have a successful, healthy relationship with another human being, then don't change anything. Don't be vulnerable. Don't be accountable. Don't take responsibility for yourself and stay the same and you will keep getting what you're getting. If you're tired of your own bullshit and you want to do something about this, this is a surefire way to learn how to cope with your own anger and your own problems. And it's a surefire way to understand somebody in your life who struggles with anger. Understand that if somebody has explosive, an explosive temper or they get enraged and they can't control themselves, that their anger is secondary and it's coming from somewhere else. And you can also try to understand what's causing them to be afraid. What are they afraid of losing? You can also understand that they feel harmed. If you can figure out what, how you've hurt them or how they have been harmed or what they're afraid of, then you can try to communicate that. Do you think it's possible that you were afraid this was going to happen? Do you think it's possible that this hurt your feelings? If you can be vulnerable as well and have a transparent conversation, there's an amazing amount of understanding that can happen between two people when they're both willing to participate in a conversation that requires being vulnerable. Again, this is something that I learned from my last relationship. Our ability and our desire to be vulnerable with one another and to be transparent with one another allowed us to have very difficult conversations in the most loving and patient and understanding way. I'm trying to share that with all of you. The next, the next thing that I'm going to give you, so we've got walk away, we've got breathe, we've got understand that anger is a secondary emotion. Number four is to discover Discover what the root of your triggers are. Discover what you're afraid of. Discover in your past, be willing to go back. We have this amazing memory system in our brain that I talked about in the fear podcast that records everything that's ever happened. It records every situation we've ever been through. It records every traumatic experience, every broken relationship, every job. Everything has been recorded and we can go back and play the tapes back. Be willing to go back and play the tapes. Be willing to go back and play the tapes over again and discover what the root of your hurts and fears are. Be willing to go back and discover what your triggers are. The more aware you are of where things come from and how they happen and when they occur, the more prepared you can be when that these things erupt or, or act up in you so that you can be prepared to walk away, so that you can be prepared to breathe, so you can be prepared to take a time out, so you can be prepared to understand that it's a secondary emotion and that you're afraid or you're hurt. Be willing to discover what your root causes are and what your triggers are. Be willing to discuss those things. Again, being vulnerable and transparent. Be willing to discuss those things with people who are close to you. 
Finally, the last thing that I'm going to hit you with, the fifth thing, is to learn. Be willing to learn. Be willing to learn from your mistakes. Be willing to learn from your past. Be willing to learn what your patterns are. If you have patterns in relationships, look at your relationships. Are there patterns that lead up to breakups? Are there patterns? Do you have patterns and cycles in relationships where certain things happen and you get angry and then you break up with someone? Or certain things happen and you get angry and someone breaks up with you? Be willing to learn from your past experiences so that you can have new experiences. Learn what you're constantly trying to protect yourself from. Anger is, anger is a defense mechanism. It's designed to protect us. Your brain is trying to protect you from perceived threats or perceived harm. If you can go back and discover what your triggers are and you can learn from those triggers, you can be aware of those situations or circumstances when they arise, when something feels familiar. I have a friend of mine that has severe trauma from her childhood and she gets triggered by fear and anger and she freezes because she doesn't know how to process. She doesn't know how to communicate and rather than act out or freak out or run, she just freezes. She literally gets paralyzed by the fear or by the anger and has to remove herself from the situation until she can process and discover what it was. I have a lot more practice than some people. Does this make me a qualified therapist or counselor? No, but I certainly have something to say about experience with anger and how to deal with it. And I, again, I have to stress to y'all that I still get angry. Anger still erupts. It can still be explosive at times. The difference is now, as I'm aware of it and I have tools to work my way through it, I don't let anger control my life. I don't let anger destroy my relationships. I don't let anger destroy my career or my ability to have nice things. So I'm going to wrap it up. If you've made it this far, bless you. I, I love sharing my experience. I love uh, the people that have devoted their time to listening to my topics and to listening to my podcast. Again, if you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, comment. If you have feedback or comments, leave them. If you think I'm full of shit, tell me. I don't care what you say about me as long as you talk about me. That's the truth. I, I want this to reach as many people as possible. I want this podcast to reach as many people as possible. If you know somebody who struggles with anger, tag them. If you know somebody who struggles with a relationship who has somebody who's angry or has an anger problem, share this with them. Uh, tag them in it. Link this to them. Spread it around. I, I, I want this to reach as many people as possible. I want my experiences to be helpful and to be useful. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I love y'all. Next week, we're going to do something different. Uh, a friend of mine and I are actually going to be interviewing each other. So... I'm excited to have that, have the podcast evolve into an interview process where we can have uh, another personality and another perspective talking about some of these topics. I'm really excited to share that with you. I hope that you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening. We are Apes Development. My name is Joe Morado, and this has been Anger.